Welcome to the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. I am the Queen of Pep Talks, Jessica Battle, founder and CEO of the Join Jessica XO brand, where I coach, speak, and influence women to improve their mindsets so they can become happier, healthier, and more successful than ever before. I am obsessed with helping women create the unwavering ability to believe in themselves in order to achieve a life beyond their wildest dreams. Each week, I'll bring you a series of pep talks that will encourage you to break through your own limiting beliefs and help you develop the mindset that will allow you to show up in your life to the best of your ability. If you're looking to lose your own bullshit excuses, get out of your own way and grow into your infinite potential, well then, you're in the right place. Are you with me? Let's dive in. Hello, my love, and welcome back to another episode of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Oh my gosh, I am very excited. It's actually only Wednesday, the day that I'm recording this life update episode. Normally, I save them to record on Thursdays, but I decided last minute today, I'm going to take the day off of work tomorrow, and I'm going to go and see my mom, and I'm going to go and see my bestie. The nice weather just puts me in the mood of like, life really matters too. You know what I mean? A conversation I was having with my total package clients last night. Like we just need to remember if you're a business owner, yes, your business matters, but man, your life really matters so much more. So I'm making a little bit of a sacrifice this Wednesday evening, and I am recording a couple of podcast episodes and doing a couple of things that were on my to-do list tomorrow so that I can take the day off. And even though it's going to rain, I think a little bit, I am excited to unplug for the day and go spend time with the people that I love so much. This Friday's episode is a life update. And I made a list of a bunch of things that I want to talk to you guys about. So we'll see how much we can get through in the next 30 or so minutes. It's kind of a quiet work week for me, which is nice, primarily because I've just graduated from the first semester of the first term of the course that I am taking. So my speech is fully written. It has been looked through by my editor, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute. And I just have one more draft to submit, um, not this coming Monday, but the following Monday. And my editor only gave me three, like really small pieces of the speech to work on. I think I probably only have like, a, a couple of small things to strip out and a couple of additional sentences to add and reworking potentially like one tiny little piece, which she said is optional. So that's really, really exciting. I'm really embracing a little bit more of a quiet week because the first three months of the year have been freaking bananas for me. I'm like, oh, how did I get through this? I've shared a lot, especially on the life updates, how there have been many days over the last couple of months that I have felt like overwhelmed, actually, of like, oh my God, how am I going to get through an, an entire eight months like this? Because I don't graduate from HPS until August 31st. Well, I technically graduate, I think at the end of July, but then our final, they do like a speaking reel for you where you go in and you deliver your speech and they do like professional video for you and they have an audience full of people for you. It's really incredible. So I'm very excited for that but I'm really embracing a little bit more of a quiet week. I generally do between like 10 and 12 calls per week, depending. And that includes recording for the podcast. It includes client calls, mastermind calls, um, group trainings, all of that. So this week, I think I only had like five calls total, which feels like 
oh my gosh, I have so much free time. What am I going to do with all of it? And I've been laying in bed a little bit longer in the morning and I've been taking a little bit longer lunch hour, sitting out on my egg swing, eating my lunch out there. I've been taking walks in the morning and walks in the afternoon and what a perfect week to do it because the weather here in Delaware has been perfection. I think it's actually going to rain tomorrow, but the last couple of days, man, like mid seventies and sunny and warm. And it just makes me so happy. I shared on my social media this morning. I am a better person when the weather is nice. Like, do you relate? Are you just a better person when it's warm and it's sunny? It is a dream of mine to live in a location where it is warm and sunny all year round, because I can't imagine like I would feel so good all year round just, you know, because of the weather, obviously life isn't perfect, but I, the dreary days, I actually, I think I've shared with you guys, I'm watching the new season of Love is Blind and a literal train wreck. (laughs) I think that Chris looks like Brett. I don't know if I shared that here. I share in so many places. Sometimes I forget what I've said here and what I haven't said here, but they're based in Seattle, Washington. It looks so depressing there. I'm just like, it is dreary and cloudy and dark at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I would be so sad if I lived in a state like Washington. I don't know if all of Washington is like that, but man, Seattle looks very, very sad and dreary and a little bit depressing. I want to move to like New Mexico or Arizona, somewhere that it just feels like it's sunny and warm most of the year, because that's just the, that's the weather that I really thrive in. (laughs) Warmth, sun, that is where I am thriving. So Let's talk about HPS. I want to share a little bit of an update about my mom as well, because I had a dream about her last night. But I want to share with you a little bit of the feedback that I got from my speech when I turned it in. Uh, Honestly, so they had told us to anticipate like being a little bit annoyed by our editors because they're going to say things that were like, well, why would you say that? And that's not right. And try to defend ourselves. I was really anticipating, especially because I've never written like this before. I mean, my speech is 7,500 words. I I do need to cut it down a bit. But I was really anticipating getting some not harsh, not negative, not mean feedback, but like some honest, constructive criticism about how my speech needs to improve. And she did give me some really good feedback about potentially moving a couple of things around. But the overall like feedback that I got from her was so good. She told me that my speech is number one, very powerful. She told me that I am an incredible storyteller. She told me that I had really good contrast in and throughout my speech. She also told me that I did a great job of like, layering the things that my audience really wants to achieve throughout the speech. And she said, most people really struggle with that. And she said that I just did a phenomenal job. And she left me, there was like a written feedback outlining on the speech, like changes to make and how she felt about certain things. But then she also did a video where she like kind of walked me through things. And at the end, I wrote this down and I saved it because it was just so special to me. And when she said it, I literally lost it. She said, I feel really grateful to have gotten to read this and to get to work with you on this because you're speaking to me too. As your audience member, I am deeply affected by this speech and I really needed to read it slash hear it. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. So one of the things that I've really appreciated about HPS is we all have an editor who works with us on our speech after we have drafted the entire thing. And they go with us through two rounds of edits, which is amazing, but they really intentionally pair you with an editor that 
is really good at editing your type of speech. And when I'm talking that these people are like established, well-known writers, editors, some of them have like, I think the one woman has like 13 New York Times bestseller published books. Like they have ghostwritten and helped so many really popular and famous authors. They are so incredible. And I'm just so grateful for my editor. She seems like she's so kind and so honest. And knowing that she is an ideal audience member for me makes me feel so confident because I know that not only is she going to help me with editing the speech in a way that's going to be really productive for my audience, but she also deeply cares about my message, which is so important. And I know that because I'm a business coach and I work with a lot of clients and a lot of my clients do work that is similar to me in the health and fitness space or in the mindset space or relationship with food and body image space. And I love that so much because not only do I get to be a partner with them in their business, but I also deeply care about what they stand for. So it just makes the work so much better. And I'm just really grateful for her incredible feedback. It gave me such a boost of confidence because I've been really nervous throughout this entire process. And I've been really open about that. Doing new things is scary for every single one of us. And being in a room with people this successful and doing something that I admire so much, and then not even speaking about moving to the in-person portion, which starts in May, which I'm super nervous about being around all of these incredibly successful people, but also being on stage in front of them and sharing my speech in front of them and getting constructive criticism and feedback from my coaches. I'm just like very nervous about it, but I'm also very excited. And as I share with you guys all of the time, perspective is a choice. And I'm sitting here choosing to be excited because I know that this is going to catapult me into so much success. Like I can't even imagine what's going to come from this. It's so big. It's bigger than I can even imagine right now. And I just feel that so, 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 so deeply in my heart and my soul. And I know that I love coaching so much and I will probably coach for a very long time. But I also know that the impact that I am here to leave is so big so much bigger than what it is right now. And even though what I'm doing right now blows me away and I'm just like, how in the world is this my life? I also know that what's coming is just like unfathomably large. And I am so freaking excited for that. I really, really am so excited for that. So I wanted to share with you guys a little bit of an update about my mom. I shared this story on social media. I know for certain that I shared this story on social media, but I wanted to give it a permanent home because when I talk about these things on stories, like they're there, but then they're gone. And these podcast episodes serve as just such a like life journal for me, especially these life update ones or any ones where I'm giving you an update on what's going on with me personally behind the scenes. Like it's so cool to just have a diary of like what I've been through and what I've gone through. So I went to see my mom on Friday last week. And my mom had this ring that growing up her boyfriend, I called him my stepdad. They were never actually married, but they were together for like 10 years. He had given her this ring. It was like a silver or white gold ring. It was like a halo style diamond. And it was stunningly beautiful. Like it had this like antique look. And I remember she loved it so much. And I used to love it so much too. And I would always ask her like, mom, can I borrow your ring? Like, can I just wear it to school, please? Can I borrow it? Can I borrow it? And she was like, hell no. It was like, it wasn't an engagement ring. It kind of looked like one, but it wasn't one. 
it was just really special from her. And it was from her boyfriend. And she was not going to let me wear it then or ever. And I always hoped like one day I hope that I get to have that ring because I loved it so much. And when I was spring cleaning, which I shared with you guys, I did like a big spring cleaning. When I was spring cleaning, I was going through the drawer next to my bed where I keep a lot of my jewelry that I don't wear. And I was cleaning out in there. And as I was cleaning out, I found my last engagement ring. So if you're new around here, I know that this sounds very, 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 very spoiled. I am currently on my third upgrade for my wedding set. When Chris proposed to me, he was making a, a decent living, but my ring was beautiful. I loved it so much. But when we started making a little bit more money, I was like, I would love to upgrade my ring. So what we did was we kept the original stone, the original diamond that was in the ring, but we got it put into a halo setting and it was so stunningly beautiful. And then Chris actually surprised me with my third upgrade. I did not know about it, but I switched from wearing white gold and this sounds so bratty. <laughs> I switched from wearing white gold to yellow gold two years ago. And when I did that, he surprised me with this new upgrade, which I was just like, oh my God. Like what in the world? This thing is massive. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's everything that I've ever wanted. So this will be definitely my forever wedding set. But I found my most previous upgrade in my drawer. And as I was looking at it, I know that I'm going to keep it forever because it has my original engagement diamond in it, which is so special to me and so meaningful. And that's the kind of stuff that I like really care about and treasure. Like I don't treasure and cherish much, but I do that. And I thought to myself like, holy shit, this looks a lot like my mom's ring that she had. And the reason that my mom doesn't have her ring anymore is because when she was struggling with her alcohol addiction and she literally had no money, she pawned a lot of her stuff, a lot of her jewelry, a lot of like her silver flatware for her house, like expensive stuff that she had. And I was obviously, this was about probably 10 years ago, I was in a very different financial situation. I wasn't in a position at all to help her financially at that point. So she pawned a lot of her stuff. And I remember we went to the pawn shop together. And I remember sitting in the parking lot with her and she was crying. And she was so upset that she was getting rid of this ring because it meant so much to her, but she really needed the money. And what got me thinking about this actually was an activity that we had to do inside of HPS. They called it story sourcing. And we were just going through like different stories in our minds of things that impacted us in our life. And I think the question was something along the lines of like, what is a gift that you would like to give someone one day that would mean a lot to you? And for some reason, I was thinking about this ring of my mom's and this was probably about a month and a half ago. And I wrote that I would love to one day be able to find the exact ring and gift that to her because I know it would just mean so much. I don't remember exactly what the ring looked like if I probably couldn't even find a picture of it of hers. Like I would have no idea what the ring actually looked like, but I thought like that would be just be like in an ideal world. If I could give a gift that would just be so meaningful for me, that's what it would be. So when I was cleaning out the drawer and I found this ring, I obviously knew I had it, but that story was top of mind for me. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this ring looks a lot like the ring that she used to wear. So I had a conversation with Chris and I said, I told him like this whole story. And I said, would you be okay with me gifting this ring to my mom? Obviously, like when she passes away, I will get the ring back. Like it will still be mine. But do you mind if we gift it to her for now? Because I know it would mean so much to her. And he was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Like she can keep it forever. He's not sentimental at all. So he was like, whatever you want to do is fine with me. So on Friday, when I went up there, I took her the ring and when I gave it to her, she was literally over the moon happy. I have not seen my mom smile that much in so long. 
it was so special. She just kept like looking at her hand and she was like, it feels so nice to have something so beautiful and so pretty and so meaningful to look at throughout the day. I was just like, so grateful for that moment. And it's a moment that I will remember forever, such a special memory that I created with my mom. And to be able to make her so happy makes me so happy. And our relationship is just like really growing and changing. And I'm so grateful for that. She's coming up on in May, three years sober. May 21st will be three years. Can you believe it was over three years ago, right when COVID hit? I was sitting in my house sobbing. Do you remember when she called me and said, I need alcohol? Pennsylvania had shut down all of the wine and spirit stores and she needed alcohol. She had never been to my new home, but she drove here to Delaware to get alcohol. Uh, that was just a time of my life that was so fucking hard, man. I was trying so hard to keep it together. That was so incredibly difficult. I didn't know my mom. I didn't recognize her. And to be like where we are today, it's just so special and so meaningful to me. And then last night I had this terrifying nightmare that my mom relapsed and it was so scary and so heartbreaking. And I just woke up like in actual physical pain. Like I felt like physically sick from just the thought of it. And it's a thought that crosses my mind from time to time. And, you know, Chris is a very like logical and realistic type of person. And he reminds me often enough that relapse is often part of recovery for people. And it's very possible that she will relapse. And that scares me a lot because I think about all of the work that we've done to get to this point in our relationship that losing her would be really, really heartbreaking for me. But I focus on the positive and I focus on where we are right now. And I'm just so proud of what she's accomplished and her dedication to continuing to stay plugged in with her support system and her sponsor and really staying away from things that are triggering for her, which I know is really difficult because there are relationships in her life that I know that she misses, but are big triggers for her. And I'm just so proud of her and so, so, so grateful for her her sobriety, our relationship. It's just truly such a gift in my life. So what else? Let me look at my list of things. What else? What else? I am very excited for the month of May, even though it's only April. Well, today's the fifth. It'll be the seventh when you hear this. In May, not only do we go to the first session of the HPS in-person events, which is very exciting. We have three of them May, June, and July. And then we go back at the end of August for our speaker reel. And then right after we're done with that, Chris and I leave for vacation. So I'm like trying to focus on getting through the summer in a really positive and enjoyable way. And I'm very much looking forward to a long vacation, which should be super, super fun. But also in May, I'm very excited because I am getting my jail tat covered. I don't think I've ever shared this story publicly. I shared it a little bit ago on social media because I had just gone to the consult with my tattoo artist who did the the work that I have on my chest that was also a cover-up. If you did not know, when I was 17, I got my name, Jessica, tattooed on my left breast. Do not ask what I was thinking. Clearly... <sighs> Y'all, my life was a hot mess. If I could like just give you a glimpse into who I was and how I was, whew, I made so many big mistakes. But anyways, I got that covered, I think in 2019 or 2018, maybe even. And he did such a fantastic job. And I have one more tattoo that I really, really want covered. It is my jail tat. And when I say my jail tat, I don't mean that I went to prison. I mean that I was dating a guy at the time who found this guy on Craigslist to do tattoos for him. 
and he invited him over to his house and he came over and he was giving cheap tattoos because the only experience he had was giving tattoos in prison. And I let this man put a tattoo on my arm. It was so bad that I went to a shop to get it covered and even the cover up is literal trash. Like it's so bad. Everyone's like, oh, it's not that bad to me. It's horrible, probably because I know the story behind it, but I'm just like, oh, I cannot wait to get this covered. It's like a, a cross on like a chain. It's like a, what are those things called? I know what they're called. The word is slipping my mind. It's a cross on a chain and oh my God, it's so bad. I'm just sitting here staring at it. I'm going to get it covered. It's on my forearm and I'm going to get like a whole forearm tattoo that's going to be like butterflies and sunflowers. And it's just going to be so stunningly beautiful. I'm really, really excited. And I think somewhere in there, tell me if this is a bad idea. It probably is a bad idea. I want to put 031117. That is Chris and I's wedding anniversary, just in tiny little numbers. I'm not going to put his name or anything, but I was just thinking it would be really sweet. And I mean, I hope I'm married forever, but that could be a mistake to even do that. So maybe now I'm talking myself out of it. Okay, scratch that. I probably won't. I'm just going to get a gorgeous cover up. And my first session is in May, not until the end of May, but I think I have May, June and July, maybe even August. I think we did four sessions for it. And I'm really, really excited to get this covered because this is just so ugly. I don't like it. I'm over it. I want it off of my body. And I'm hoping that Craig, my tattoo artist, will do something absolutely beautiful for me. So I'm very excited for that. I'm excited that we're in quarter two of 2023. This is a really beautiful time to set new intentions as we step into like a new season, what feels like a fresh beginning for a lot of us. It's an opportunity to recommit. I mean, I really believe a core message that I teach inside of MBS is that every day is the first day of the rest of your life. And it's a beautiful new opportunity to recommit to what it is that you want. And I wake up every single day with that mindset. The past is behind you. And I really want to encourage you, if you're in a place right now where you're like, man, we're one quarter into 2023 already, like, (laughs) forget my goals, because I clearly have not achieved what I wanted thus far. Don't write off the next nine months of the year because the first three months didn't go the way that you want them to. You're so capable of recommitting to whatever it is that you want in your life, in your business, in your health and fitness, in your finances, in your career, in your marriage, anything that you want. You can recommit today to achieving that. You don't have to wait until Monday. You don't have to wait until summer is over. You don't have to wait until spring break is over. You don't have to wait until any time of the year, you can begin again right now. And I hope that you will give yourself that opportunity. Okay, so we moved through my whole list of things in 23 ish minutes, which is absolutely amazing. So I'm going to go finish up work for the evening. And I am patiently awaiting the next block of love is blind. I got to do a whole episode. Maybe I should do a whole episode on like a love is blind review. This season has been so fascinating to watch. Honestly, there's so much talk about Micah being a mean girl. And this is only really relevant. If you watch love is blind, I keep seeing so many people talking about Micah being the mean girl. 
is it me or was it not Irina that was like a literal bitch to everybody? And I feel like she instigated. Not that that made Micah's like pettiness or anything okay, but Irina was definitely like the cult leader of that. And it made me really sad. She was just not a nice person. But at the end of the day, what I always have to remind myself about everything, like social media, Instagram, reality TV, what we have to remind ourselves is number one, it's television. They splice things and mix them up in a way that we will never understand. Why do you think that they started with those gold cups? It's so we can't see the level of liquid inside their cups so they can splice scenes up and no one is going to say like, oh, their drink was just empty and now it's full. This doesn't make sense, right? So we have to remember that they're showing us what they want us to see in order to entertain us. And I do believe that every season of every single show, they cast someone immediately out of the gate as a villain. And I think it's pretty much done intentionally. So I try too hard. Obviously, we all have opinions of people, especially when we watch reality TV, and it's a source of entertainment for us. We all have thoughts and opinions on people. You probably have thoughts and opinions about me and other people that you watch on social media or on reality TV. That's fine. But what you just have to remember is that what you're seeing is literally a fraction of what's actually happened. That's true on reality TV. I mean, how many weeks do they film for? And they cut it down into how many hours of television. Same with social media. You see five minutes of someone on Instagram stories, and that's literally the tiniest percentage out of that person's day. Just take everything that you see in life with a grain of salt, because we never know what's happening behind the scenes for people. And sometimes we're so quick to cast judgments from the tiniest piece of the puzzle when really we need the context and the whole picture to make a really informed judgment. So that's just my little TED talk on being a nice person and not judging people too harshly, no matter the position that they're in. Okay. I love you guys so much. I hope that you have the best weekend ever. I'm very excited to unplug for the day tomorrow, but you won't even know that because you're not going to hear this until the day after. Have the best weekend. I love you. And I will talk to you on Monday's episode of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. See you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you are inspired by today's pep talk, be sure to share it with me by leaving a rating and review on iTunes so I can keep the encouragement coming your way. I hope you know that your support in helping me grow the podcast this year, it means so much to me. If we aren't already connected on social media, head over to join Jessica XO on Instagram or join the join Jessica XO free Facebook community for even more content that will inspire you to show up in your life to the best of your ability. Make sure you check out the show notes of today's episode for links to freebies, upcoming opportunities to work with me, and ways that we can stay connected outside of the podcast. I love you so much, and I cannot wait to chat with you on the next episode of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. In the meantime, go fuck this day up in the best way possible. 